Welcome to the Tapping Into podcast with Sarah Tobin. That's me. I've created this podcast to help you discover and tap into spiritual, alternative and natural practices that could really change your life. I've been on a spiritual journey my whole life and I'm now an EFT or tapping practitioner. In this podcast, I have honest conversations on topics that I hope will deepen your soul connection, allow you to reclaim your power and confidence know that you're not alone and feel inspired to find out more. I really hope this helps you on your journey. Join me and Sarah Richardson as we discuss fertility, but probably not in the way that you've heard before. Sarah is an ex-midwife, single mom, worked in a fertility clinic and is now an energy healer helping many women conceive their babies. Her own journey opened her up to a greater understanding of energy, healing and the spiritual side of the world. In this episode, we chat about the importance of the soul in the conception journey, what conscious conception is, what loss on the fertility journey could be from a spiritual perspective, how trauma from this life and past lives can impact our ability to conceive, and we cover secondary infertility, miscarriage, adoption, IVF and much more. Because of some of these topics, I'm issuing a little trigger warning because we do talk about baby loss and the loss of our baby Alice too. Sarah even connected to Alice before our chat and gave me a little bit more insight, which was a really lovely gift too. She has an amazing infectious energy and I really hope this will help you on your journey, whether you have experienced loss or are trying to conceive. This is an important conversation. Many of the concepts we discuss are also covered in episode three of season two on the soul with Phoebe Garnsworthy. So make sure that you check out that episode as well if you haven't already. I appreciate that some of these concepts might be new to you. Right, enough of me. I really hope you enjoy this chat. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the Tapping Into podcast today. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so pleased you could come. And um, I'm really uh, very aware of fertility problems and conception and 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 baby loss and all these uh, more difficult topics. And I just feel that you have such beautiful light to shed on conscious conception and fertility that I'm so thrilled that you've given your time to me today. Absolutely. Like it's such a passion of mine. Um, mm. So like I'm ready to shout this from the rooftops to <laughs> anybody who's ready to listen. Um, and I have been doing that for a few years. So yeah, delighted to be on. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Um, so you yourself have a very interesting journey as to how you are now in a place where you're helping so many women conceive. So tell me about your journey and how you got there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before I even dive into it, you know, um, a lot of the topics that I cover are like really tapping in at a soul level. So sometimes, you know, when you're listening, you might be thinking, oh God, what the hell? But just let it land, let you know, let yourself just receive everything in this podcast, because not only is it a conversation between two people, but it's also healing deep, deep, deep um, 
things. So anything that happens, you know, over the next hour or so that we're on, you know, emotions or even like if I'm wrecking your head, that's all part of it. Um, so that's I just wanted to start off by saying that because sometimes when I'm talking about things at this, you know, deep level that there can be resistance that shows up. And actually, that's part of the healing journey as well. Oh, I um, so agree. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah. that's so wonderful. Um, but yeah, as for my journey, um, it's been so much fun, uh, but it's also been like such an such a rocky road as well. Um, so I started off as a midwife, like straight from school into college, um, worked in Dublin in a maternity hospital, really, really, really busy um, and got pregnant within my first year. So when I was um, just gone 19 um, I got pregnant and it was like total surprise. I was so immature. Like I could, when I think back the poor girl, like, um, but yeah, so continued on kind of with my journey um, to become a midwife uh, and a mom really all in the same kind of boat, like literally in the same four years. Um, and then I worked like a lunatic um, in delivery ward and doing really like a lot of like emergency stuff, life and death stuff, dealing with like really, you know, huge loss um, and huge happiness. Um, and then really, I'd always been doing healing work and um, I'd always been quite psychic and intuitive um, since, since as far as back as I remember. So during like even when I was a midwife, I was still seeing people for healings in my sitting room. Um, that's where it kind of all began. And then the healing work really took over because what was happening was um, I left delivery ward and I went into work in a fertility clinic. And, you know, when I'd be taking people's bloods, I'd be really picking up um, on what exactly that person needed. And maybe it was they needed to release shame or maybe they had all this resentment or um, maybe it was wow. a physical thing and I could feel that, oh, this girl just needs like magnesium or whatever it was. And um, wow. yeah, and, and it just took over, you know, the, the spiritual side of things just took over. So one day I just got a whisper in my ear um, to leave the clinic. And when I walked out of the clinic, I got a phone call from one lady, Mary, um, who I'll never forget. And she just said, can I come for a healing? And she came for healing. And from that moment on, when I took that kind of leap of faith of leaving and um, the medical side, my healing work just exploded. Like it just, there was 12 people a day at one point. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. I have got shivers here actually yeah. thinking about yeah your experience amazing you must yeah. have been exhausted 12 healing oh oh my god <laughs> you know what? I learned a lot about burnout mm -hmm. <laughs> I learned a lot I learned a lot about um you know the masculine and the feminine and how like I'll speak about that today as well but I I think I had to go through that as a rite of passage to mm. to burn out from giving away all my energy to yeah. be depleted and then because so many people that I see now, that's actually what's happening. So I think I had to learn through experience, you know. We all do, which is a pain yeah. in the backside. <laughs> yeah, I know. But um, yeah, so that's the journey until wow. now. So now, kind of like, you know, COVID has been a real blessing for me. Um, 
because I was so up until say March, you know, last or when all the COVID stuff happened, I would have been, I had a healing clinic that was just constant. Like there was constantly people, um, it was like a revolving door, people coming for healing. And wow. then, you know, COVID happened, the lockdown happened. And in that moment, I just said, you know what, I'm going to let my healing room go. And I'm just going to work with people online. And it has been even more powerful. It's been deeper because I can grab people together in groups um, and people, you know, women learn, especially on this journey, women learn from being supported by other women and by hearing other women's stories and knowing they're not alone. So, yeah, it's been a real blessing until this moment. That's incredible. Mm. Like really, really lovely journey, isn't it? Mm. So yeah. I believe that the mind and body and soul should be part of everything that we do. And, you know, there is these three sides to ourselves and often we forget the soul part of that. Mm. Um, what, where does the soul part come into fertility and conception? <laughs> mm -hmm. The big question. Yeah, I know. Can we have all day? Because I could talk all day. <laughs> um, the soul part is the main part. Mm. Um, and this is what's missing in, in this kind of in the modern um, era, but it's definitely shifting. I can feel the shift. Um, so I suppose the, the medical model would be just focusing on the physical. Um, and the physical is like one quarter, I would say, you know, and yeah. the mental, the emotional and the spiritual. So when it comes to the soul, um, I mean, we all, we our soul first of all you know is a very confusing word but when i think of the soul i think of it as our kind of inner fragrance like our inner essence of who we are and who we came here to be and what our purpose is here and what we're here to learn so first of all that's what the soul i believe is and and we all come from i believe the same place and that can be some people might call that god some people might call that source i call it source because it just feels like it's the most expansive um word you know source to me mm. is like infinite you know um cosmic bigness you know and yeah we come from there, you know, and that's unconditional love and that's unconditional light and it's infinite. Um, and we come here then, I believe, to, to experience what it is to be human and to experience sensation. You know, if you think about when we're when we're source and when we're a soul, we don't have this human body. Um, and then we come and we have this human body that's filled with like nerve endings and sensations and pleasure and pain and grief. And, you know, it's really just to evolve us um, so that we can experience all this. So when it comes to conception, um, I believe that this is the missing piece is actually the conscious um, conception, the actual calling in of of the baby that is part of your soul family. You know, I, I do believe that we kind of um, we have a family of souls that, you know, that we we do the journeys with and um, mm -hmm. we kind of change um 
the roles each time so like my son might have been you know um a teacher for me in another life or you know I could go down the rabbit hole there but I won't (laughs) Um, (laughs) from the conception point of view it's actually connecting to uh, a source uh, greater than us that's that's more than the physical body that's more than the the uterus and the ovaries and the fallopian tubes it is more it is it is something greater that is a a miracle you know and Mm. when you think of life you know to conceive life like life is the most incredible miracle you could ever look for so you know what I kind of guide people through a process is is you know is tapping into who they are at, at soul level and consciously calling in their baby you know who's yeah who's who's ready and waiting waiting yeah and I kind of always say to people especially on this journey that like if you are on this journey your baby is ready and waiting because there's plenty of people on this earth that are like oh no I don't want kids no no I never wanted kids no whereas the people who are on this journey towards conceiving their baby they're on this journey because there's a soul waiting and they can feel that and and they can feel that call in them. Mm. So that's what has kind of activated this journey, you know, whereas um, if, if they were never meant to conceive this baby, they would be one of those people that just don't want to have kids, you know? So I do believe the soul is calling them as much as they're calling the soul. Yeah. Am I, um, so for people that may have gotten pregnant accidentally, um there's a conscious and an unconscious element to this isn't there because so there's a lot of parents who are consciously trying to become parents but then there's the their own soul uh level that is has agreed or or maybe we could you could expand this further kind of gone into a contract with the soul and therefore a baby comes through even though maybe the parents haven't consciously decided that yet can you explain that absolutely yeah so I mean, take me, for example, 19, Mm, oopsie daisy, (laughs) (laughs) but absolutely not. Like at a level, I decided, you know, what's going to activate me on my healing path? You know, what's going to make me the best midwife? You know, it's going to grow my uh, heart open. You know, what's going to bring me, bring me through the absolute shit so that I can come out the other side is conceiving a baby at 19 and going through that Mm. so I believe that all conception is is contracted like um before we even come down I believe that the births we choose are we've decided them ourselves even even the traumatic ones um yeah the way we've been conceived the parents that we choose the um most definitely the babies that we have the people we marry you know all these things we have chosen and you know there's definitely a lot you know um that happens in life that's not a contract that's just like you know we flow through life and we have these experiences but there's set things in life that we they're they're soul contracts you know definitely Mm. you know yeah and like you know, looking at my journey and losing Alice and everything, the belief that she didn't just vanish into nothingness, you know, like the belief that she existed on in some other space 
brought me great comfort and I was able and have been able to to this day connect with her energy and often I see her as um a child or older sometimes even like around her early 20s so she doesn't come to me as necessarily a baby mm. um she comes you know a, a variety of ages depending on how she feels or how I see it um but I believe and this is what really helped me was was coming to the understanding that her her experience of you know love in the womb and nine months with me and Dave and then the the hours of love and support that she received afterwards and date she had five days with us um mm-hmm. that experience was was I for her I really initially thought it was her her path her journey her choice her um her experience of love unconditionally with no, nothing none of the trials and tribulations of life you know she kind of had a, a fleeting glimpse and then over time I've also come to see it as a an initiation of, for me like mm-hmm. a an awakening and a and a god like a kick up the butt basically to to stepping into who I really am and what I really want from life um what so for people who have experienced loss um and I know that my beliefs and your beliefs will be different you know for everybody but from your side I mean you've seen firsthand the death mm-hmm. and it has the impact it has had on mums and dads in the theatre and and everything in hospitals and also then this the 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 loss of spirits along the journey too you've you've worked with people in a fertility clinic so they would have had losses um on the way to a healthy baby so mm. i know it's a huge this is a huge question but uh, it's, what it's, are your thoughts on that <laughs> yeah like i mean this is really where my passion is and mm. for so long i couldn't understand why I was calling in so many clients that were having these griefs, you know, um, and and working in the hospital and experiencing that as well. But yeah, my belief, like even I know we had spoken before about connecting into Alice's energy um, and her energy definitely came in when I was last week when I was in the cottage in Cork. But it came in, like you said, and I, I didn't know what to say, but it came in as this wise teacher, like, um, kind of like 20s you know um I'd say but um this is the thing sometimes we think of our babies as you know these innocent babies which they are they're perfect and beautiful and innocent but they're also wise beyond belief and wise as wise as as anybody because again we come from this same place and there's been contracts you know signed that we come down here and we do this and we stay this long and so I have a few different beliefs around grief and loss. Um, one of the main things that I do see is when a baby comes in, it doesn't matter what gestation, whether it's five weeks, whether it's a, a termination, whether it's a miscarriage, whether it's, you know, a late, uh, a late death or whatever. The grief is the same and it's a few things. It's an initiation. It's, it's a heart kind of activation. It's it grief cracks our hearts open. You know, it is mm. it cracks it open beyond belief, more so than even sometimes love does. Grief does. You know, yeah. and one of my clients, I always remember her saying she lost twins and, um, she had been with her part. It was a it was a she had met her partner and they conceived quite quickly and she said you know we fell in love in grief and a lot I do see a lot of um 
couples that this happens to that their grief brings them together mm. and it opens their hearts to love to connection more than it ever does and this could be said about the fertility journey as well because you know people grieve every single month you know even without yes. conception you know yes. so so this grief so in one way it's an activation um of the heart and of love and in another way it's a spiritual awakening and a lot of people like you said when i look at when that particular client she went down the healing path and she's an amazing healer now and a lot of people i know god i couldn't even count how many have gone down a healing or spiritual path and found themselves after a loss or mm. one one of my clients went on to like create a charity like um it, and and another lady you know raised awareness for her daughter um contracted a cold sore and she started raising awareness for all these amazing um like in hospitals and waking waking the world up around cold sores and mm. um, so i see the awakenings that grief has for people and what i would say is and i know a lot of people can't hear this at the time is that people say to me all the time i wouldn't have changed anything i i understand now yes. why it all had to happen that way yeah I am a, and both, both Dave and I wouldn't change our experience because of what we have now and where we are now and who we are now. Yeah. And that, yeah, that does sound crazy. But yeah, yeah I do, I do feel that, that that resonates a lot with me. Yeah. And another thing as well, um, sometimes there's this other, you know, side of me as well that, you know, when we think of car karma, okay, so karma sounds terrible, like, oh, karma. No, but karma is really like the the energy that we remember from past lives. And a lot of the times these these babies are very, very, very wise, um, evolved souls that don't need to do what we need to. so when we come here as humans we need to go through all the learning and the lessons and we have to pay back karma and a lot of these babies are really wise evolved souls that don't need to do that so may need to come here for a very short period like even a month or five days as you said and when they're when their time on earth is done because they have completely evolved they choose then to go back they're like i've i'm done you know, and wow. it's more so from the perspective of the soul being a really evolved soul um, wow. and a really powerful soul and um, that they don't need to do the whole 90 years of learning <laughs> human stuff, you know, that they're just like, this is all I needed. Yeah. And it's almost like at that point, most babies in, in utero will just be receiving love, you know, and yeah. And maybe that's all they need as, a, as an experience. And I remember going to a healer and then um, she said she could see Alice like a teacher preparing souls for life on earth as <laughs> if her experience, Alice's experience had given her that um, knowledge to then be able to share with other souls. That's the experience I had when I connected in with her energy. Really? Yeah. The, the words that were kept being said were a wise teacher like a teacher yeah wow and if you think about it you know when we when we do pass on the lessons are when I ever have like really amazing spiritual lessons it comes back to unconditional love you know and 
that is really what she came here and received. She literally had all her needs met mm. and unconditional love from both parents. So yeah. that is the meaning of life, I do believe. It's that unconditional love. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And so going back to this contract between me, Dave and Alice then. So she required or wanted a short life for whatever her reasons are. But equally, I signed up for that experience as an initiation and activation for me. Mm. Is, that, is that kind of in summary? Absolutely. Yeah, it, mm. it always has to work two ways. So, yeah. Yeah. So some, so they'll gain something and you'll gain something. So what you gained was this activation into your true purpose, you know, and poor Dave is just along for the ride. <laughs> A lot of the men are so They're like, well, what, what about me? And there's <laughs> to learn how to truly support your partner and, and, and open your heart as well. Yeah. Yeah. Allow, allow yourself to feel, I suppose. Maybe a feeling they've never, ever, ever come close to feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, I guess like grief is extremely powerful. Yes. Crikey. Yeah. Um, so you, we talked a little bit about past lives and I, you know, I have had experience of um, seeing some past lives in re and, and over actually my, my spiritual connection has got so much stronger. I suppose the more I'm investing in that time and that, um, development and that um, those experiences like through meditation and connecting with Alice and, and my guides and things I'm definitely seeing and feeling more which is amazing but mm -hmm. I've obviously I have a long way to go and um, I have experienced past lives myself but also with clients past lives have come up kind of unprompted and and unexpectedly within sessions and we've gone to and we've done work and released them etc so how does past lives and like you say karma and even ancestral trauma, how does that impact our own ability to conceive and our maybe our openness or our willingness to do that? Oh, my God, this is a huge topic. Actually. <laughs> no, but this is I'm so glad you brought this up because I would say. I would say. 10 percent is physical ever when it's to do with conceiving um, and I'd say the rest, 90 percent is something spiritual, emotional um or mental and that's the, huge yeah yeah I honestly once I usually get to the bottom of what it is what's the main block it's very 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 um rare that it's physical maybe the physical issue has been uh only become physical because of something emotional for so long so yeah. endometriosis might be you yeah. know prolonged lifetime of shame around sexuality or around menstruation or you know but it's never physical to start with and well like ancestral I'm going to leave for one minute because yeah I'm yeah, yeah. This is, this is but when it comes to past lives what I do see regularly is contracts for example like vows of chastity that were made vows of um know like abstinence or you know i'm then a nun is coming to mind right now um sarah i have to tell you my own story here because <laughs> i'm just laughing <laughs> i made one of those stupid vows <laughs> I, could, I, I had a feeling i was picking up on you maybe <laughs> so it was 18 months before i could conceive alice and about six months in 
I went to see some healers. They were a husband-wife team. They live in Croatia or somewhere, Eastern Europe. They came to London and they just saw people all the time. And I had a slot in someone's house and I went in and I was like, you know, I can't conceive and everything. And both of them tapped into this past life separately. It was quite incredible. It's like they both could see the same movie. And they explained that um, I had been... um say like a princess in a castle or something and there was a troubadour like a poet would come into town all the time and he would like spout me poems and stuff like that but always from afar never I was never able to get quite close to him but I fell in love because he was like wooing me and then um then he just never returned Mm. and I was spent my life and many past lives searching for him and and I do, I can see that in my in my life now, uh, before, uh, you know, marriage and everything, I can see that, like, search going on. Um, and I vowed, as a, in state of probably anger and bitterness, I vowed that I would never love another man and that I would never have any children. Mm. And so they got me to denounce the vow and, they, and, you know, it was all said out loud. Now, I have to say, it did take another year for that to, to come through. Um, for Alice then to come through but it made so much sense and I have had subsequent healing since where other past lives have shown up where I have been celibate so it it definitely feels like um there was the the same couple I actually have to tell you this but after um three months after Alice was uh, passed away I was like oh my god I need something I need some healing and I went back to this couple we did a Skype session and they said that I had been a midwife in a past life. Mm. And I had, when I left that life, I had, didn't have any children, but that I t- took all the grief and the sorrow of all the deaths, of all the children I couldn't save mm. had stayed with me. And losing Alice was like a reactivation of all that grief that, that I didn't focus on that lifetime of all the babies I had delivered and all the you know healthy babies that I had saved. But I focused and left that life with all the trauma and the guilt. And so when we did that healing, I also released, I let Alice go back. They were saying I was holding on too tight to Alice, which was true. And and um, so I I released Alice to move on. But I also let go of all the guilt and the trauma that I had held from that life. And it was it was just like a weight was lifted. And I really feel the three month mark for me was a huge shift in my grieving process. so yeah, they they are. I know that them that might sound mad. This that journey that I've just shared, but that that really did work for me. Oh, completely. And you know what? Like that's what I mean by like very little of the time it's visible, but also very little of the time that I when I see clients, it's actually even from this lifetime. You know, so it might be an ancestral entanglement that we're carrying, and and I can go into that in a moment. Um. But also, yeah, it's sometimes from the past, from a different lifetime. So I've seen people with like that were nuns that made vows of of chastity and um, maybe experiences of of sexual abuse or something in the past. Or, um, yeah, there's lots of ways that we have vowed. And the thing I loved what you said, you know, because a vow is really made when there's a an intense emotion attached to it. Um, it really gets imprinted in us so when you said like that you said something at the same time as feeling this intense emotion like Mm. never gonna have a baby I'm never gonna do this so I suppose 
for anybody listening, all it takes is intention for you to say, I am fully willing and ready to release all cords, entanglements, attachments to this lifetime, past lifetimes, or any ancestors that I may be carrying that are no longer serving me in conceiving my baby. <laughs> you can you can re re-listen to that again. I'm gonna write that and put it in the show notes <laughs> so people can can have that and say that themselves. And I I totally agree. Intention is 100 percent um half the battle, isn't it? Uh, the full battle. <laughs> the full battle. And yeah. then you can do a little ceremony around that or a ritual, lighting a candle, having some incense and making it like a fully a beautiful experience of just I am fully willing and ready to release all cords, entanglements, attachments, vows, contracts that I made in this lifetime, past lifetimes, or any of my ancestors made in relation to conceiving my baby. And even if you're listening to this and it's not about conceiving your baby, for me, actually, my work has all been around um, finding a partner. And I've, re- I have show- I've been shown so many contracts that I've made around not meeting a partner or around vowing and swearing that I would never meet a wow. So that's my baby is. <laughs> yeah. But when it comes to the ancestral stuff, I mean, oh my God, you know, um, we can't like forget where we've come from. I know, I think you're from Ireland, are you Sarah? Yeah, from Dublin, yeah. So like, you know, with the recent uh, reports of the mother and baby home. Um, yes scandal like that is in every Irish woman you know in ourselves in our DNA in our wombs and and even if we're not Irish it's in the collective trauma as well so when it comes to anything ancestral like I've done a lot of work around ancestral stuff I went to Bali in January um, with an amazing healer um, who does a lot of work around the family and ancestral stuff um and actually, I have her on the membership in, in April. She'll be doing a masterclass. But she, you know, I could clearly see how we hold um, grief, trauma, shame, fear, um, pain, suffering, poverty, famine. We hold it all from our ancestors. And mm. we don't need to, you know, we really don't yeah. need to. Um, but we're doing it unconsciously because it's all we've ever known. But I really believe that this is the generation, like our generation, it stops with us, you know, <laughs> really stops with us. Totally. I've actually said those exact same words. We do, like, I'm not kidding. Yeah. It, 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 it's, and it, to, be, to be honest, it is a huge burden, but it doesn't feel like a burden to me. It feels like something we can do and something we have to do. We're obviously super strong uh, if we took this on. I mean, we like, <laughs> yeah. um, but the yeah, ancestral, you know, when it comes to birth and conception, the big thing that I do see around um, ancestral blocks is shame. You know, if we go yeah. for Catholic Ireland, shame around sex, shame around. I actually even had a client who was, um, trying to conceive for ages and then in a healing it came up that she's unmarried like never you know planning on getting married to her partner it's not something that they wanted but actually in her body she felt there was something wrong about that not consciously but energetically you know and it was like oh this is a bad thing or 
So we've no idea, you know, what, you know, our ancestors' beliefs around conceiving out of marriage or, um, or, or even, you know, the single moms that are, you know, um, single moms by choice, you know, and sometimes there's a little bit of clearing work that needs to be done around that. Like it is okay for me to conceive. It is a safe time for me by choice on my own. Like in this day and age, I'm safe. Sometimes it's a protection thing. Yeah, I think safety is massive yeah. in, in a, so many areas of your life, like safe to be seen, safe to be heard, safe to speak your truth. Mm. And that's what, you know, lack of safety fires the amygdala, the parasympathetic nervous system response, you know, like everything. Um, and the stress. And then when, and the stress obviously leads, can block conception. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's so funny because I picked a card before we came on and um, just to kind of get a feel of what the energy was of everybody who is listening. <laughs> and it says she feels and she knows. And wow. it gave me this feeling like, you know, when you talk about stress and, and the amygdala and, you know, when we are in that stress response in our body, you know, it's filled with adrenaline and cortisol. But when we're in, a, when we're connected to our body, when we're like, you know, even massaging our body or dancing or eating something really yummy or fully being in our body and and feeling the pleasure that's in our body, like I spoke about before, about that we're human beings with all these sensations. Mm. We're in our body, connected to our body, connected to our pleasure. And pleasure is so important. Pleasure, you know, oxytocin, the hormone, cancels out all the stress, you know? Yeah. I think when I see people and they want to conceive, a lot of them are in that stress response because they're going through maybe IVF or maybe they're, they're speaking to doctors who are saying, you know, you're having a hope. And pleasure... Um, and connection to their partner if they have a partner or to themselves you know and orgasm and actually you know enjoying the process of conceiving um, that floods our bodies with all these beautiful incredible hormones that actually help us conceive um, and, and I just have to say this because I only learned this I'm learning every single day but yeah. yesterday I learned that when a woman orgasms her cervix actually pulls back um, and allows for like a cup kind of um, to capture the sperm. And then the orgasm itself contracts to draw in the sperm. So I know we've all been taught you don't need to have an orgasm to conceive, but actually the orgasm really, really, really helps. And it's just so interesting that our anatomy is literally made up to, to experience pleasure while we're conceiving so i just had wow. to wow but this this just goes back to the kind of the catholic conditioning and the conditioning that you know sex shouldn't be pleasurable and oh gosh i just think it makes me feel tense thinking about you know yeah the the inheritance that we are feeling in around oh, i don't know i can't even put it into words it's just it's just so heavy it is and it you know what it's I even show, see it showing up for me like and I'd be quite open um sexually especially like from midwifery I have no problem speaking about like vaginas or anything like that yeah 
my my dad would be like oh Sarah (laughs) I would think that I'd be quite open but I remember doing a course um with a you know with a about seven uh, American ladies and um ladies in the U.S. they're much more open you know they're much more connected than we are in Ireland yeah yeah. Um, and I could see it flaring up for me I was like oh cringing you know and um and it was just so shocking for me so you know whether you're really open and connected sexually or not in Ireland and the UK you know in yeah all around we do have this inner little shame person mm. uh, around sexual um pleasure around conception around you know any anything to do with sex um and it's so funny because there's one way to know that like we're meant to experience pleasure and it's like if you think about the clitoris itself there is no other function like yeah have any other function other than pleasure like it doesn't do anything else it's not involved in anything else so like you know god universe source creator whoever made us yes bless wanted us wanted us to experience pleasure so we can let go of all that shame yes fuck all that shame yeah. out the door right now yeah <laughs> oh god we've got on a tangent but i've I quite enjoyed that little yeah. chat <laughs> um uh, something that's come to mind while you were chatting was secondary infertility. So say you've had a child first. Um, what could potentially, and I think I might know a answer to this, but what could could birth trauma of the first child be and the, the trauma being held in the body be preventing another child coming through? Or is there other things going on as well? Like 100%. <laughs> Not even just birth trauma, but like motherhood trauma. trauma. Right, yeah, so the motherhood experience. Yeah, like uh, one of my best friends experienced um, postnatal depression after her son, like perfectly fine birth, delivery, and then um, depression afterwards. And, you know, I always say to her, like, you know, this is what needs to be released because it's actually the the fear of the postnatal depression or the fear of the sleepless nights or the fear of, you know, whatever it is, it's the trauma around the birth, the, the first year of life, the whatever it is, it's I find nine times out of ten when with secondary infertility that it's something around birth or it's it's fear related or it's trauma related. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or what I actually see a lot of the time is people would say, Oh, sure, didn't I get very lucky? You know, uh, sure I was blessed with the first one, one healthy child. You know, I don't want to you know, I don't want to stir the pot or, you know, mm. I don't want to be too greedy or sometimes it's a little bit of that kind of energy. And again, that's that's coming from an old uh, Ireland, probably, yeah. um, you know, don't don't appear to be asking for too much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, but I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of abundance and abundance of children. Yeah. And we all bloody are. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting, isn't it? Another thing that came into my head was, um, can a baby's soul come back in? So, for example, they might come in, test the water uh, for a couple of weeks even, and then and then get... Is it possible for them to get scared and pull out of that contract and then maybe want to try again late after yeah. they've reflected? It's not really... Um, 
it's not really fear it's more choice like sometimes um and Dolores Cannon she's a beautiful hypnotherapist she's passed now but she um wrote a channeled book uh it's not channeled but it actually came through a lot of her clients who are in hypnosis she would ask them questions and they would answer but um I remember her speaking about how the soul of the baby has a choice, you know, always has choice whether to stay or go. And I find sometimes with like, um, like the soul of the baby will choose to come in, maybe say for a term, like um, for a woman who has to terminate um, and that soul will come in and say, you know, I'm only here for a couple of weeks to help you get to this decision. And, you know, and activate your own healing journey after the termination, maybe. Um, and then they choose to come back, you know, when at a, at a better time at the okay. right. Time. Okay. Um, so they could be just fulfilling the contract at that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, even if it is a miscarriage or whatever, and then, and then may come back uh, another time. Yeah, exactly. Um, or some, some souls choose, you know, um, to come back and I know a lot of people would say you know maybe if they lost a baby and then you know their their friend had a baby um and they felt this huge connection to this baby that maybe the baby was meant to come into this person's life but not as a daughter or or a son but maybe as something else okay um, so sometimes they can choose you know when they come back or or who they come or who back. they come back to okay Okay. And another one now it's coming into my head is around adoption. And I, I've, you know, believe that souls will find their right parent, even if they haven't come through the birth mother necessarily to remain with the birth mother. What, would that be right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And even when you're, when you're um, like, when I'm looking at it from an ancestral point of view, I usually would tap in, like, I would feel that their ancestors are actually their adopted mother and fathers you know because at a soul level that's actually their family that's their soul family oh, okay um, the biological family might just be um teachers for them you know it just might be a, a teacher thing but not a mother kind of a, a path a path to their return to their soul family yeah and an initiation probably for the mother and father as well mm. they had to go through that as well yeah Wow, amazing. And then, you know, aided conception and IVF and those kind of things. Again, you know, does the baby soul contract to that, agree to that start? Oh, yeah. I actually had this conversation with, with my um, with my group the other day, the sacred conception group. And, you know, because they were saying, oh, I think I might have to go down a medical route. And I'm worried that that might affect the spiritual aspect. And no, it, it doesn't. In, in actual fact, I do believe that the advances in technology and medicine have actually been a way of the soul saying, we need to get down there no matter what. So we need a lot more advances in help. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I, I think these babies, like these babies that are being born now, we've just entered into a whole 200 year cycle, the era of air. You know, it's a different areas. Yeah, it's such a different energy. Um, this new age that we've been talking about. And these babies that are being born now are wise. You know, they're here to heal the planet. They're here to save the planet. They're here to wake us all up. They're here mm -hmm. to 
even the babies that I have and you have now, you know, they're wise. They're so wise. And, yeah. and you know, wise, you know, that might not look particularly uh, normal, you know, as in inverted commas, what the norm, you know, what the society appear, you know, believes to be normal. Yeah. But they can be tapped in at such a different level. And what I was actually speaking about to um, somebody the other day was that, you know, with um, there was a lady in my in my membership and she was saying that her daughter has severe disabilities. And those babies that come in to choose a human body with a disability, they are wise, wise teachers. And they have come here to show us how to love unconditionally because they, you know, they love unconditionally. And and anybody, you know, that you've ever met that may have had, you know, a disability or or any illness, you know, it it makes us think differently and it opens our hearts differently. And um, you know, so they're here with a definite big purpose. I can't remember where I was going with that story, but that obviously needed to come out as well. Yeah. It's just making me get back to the heart and think about how love is so important and connecting in and and being able to love unconditionally regardless of the chaos the circumstances the pain you know and how how that must be a key part of our evolution and our journey as a soul connecting with the heart yeah absolutely and that and that there's there's a re there's a plan you know, um, mm. bigger plan. And I think sometimes when we zoom out, you know, we get so tunnel visioned and we get to just think about us. And but when we actually zoom out and realize, oh, my God, there's like a sun in the sky and a moon in the sky and a million stars and and loads of planets. And like you realize, oh, God, I really don't have control over this. And and mm. so. We have to get to that point. I know, you know, a lot of uh, plant medicine I work with um, has shown me, you know, a different perspective that, you know, there's something huger at play here. And we sometimes have to let go of fucking control. You know, <laughs> we sometimes have to just let it go and trust yeah. a bigger, bigger picture. Um and, and do you think for conception that that is would be somewhere a place for people to start just surrendering the yeah. control and allowing to the the spirit to come in when the spirit's ready yeah yeah i i think so too i really believe that when we have a clear intention so i always teach people like have a very clear intention you know like that my intention is to conceive a baby you know i want to mm. i want to conceive a baby i want to be a mom and and ask that very clearly of the universe of source and and then you have to let it go you have to yeah. but when i say like let it go and surrender I do still want people to tune into their soul every day and ask is there anything I need to do you know um what's my next step you know can you can you send me all the teachers that I need to learn from or the healers that I need to heal with or you know even the doctor that needs to do the IVF or mm. 
point me in the right direction. So when I say surrender, it is a total surrender and trust, but you're still tuning into actioning. You're still taking action, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Kind of inspired soul action. Yes. So it's like listening to your gut instinct, your intuition, and I suppose being more aware or looking for signs a bit more, like allowing the universe to provide you with the answers or the direction. Yeah, I mean, these, you know, I know you said you were connecting to your guides even more, but we have these guides, you know, these teachers that are that are with us since birth. And actually, funny, funny story, but I was like getting because I'm not businessy at all. Um, but I all of a sudden have a business. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I remember I was kind of forking out loads of money on business coaching and stuff. And then I realized, oh, my God, I'm like highly connected to my spirit guides I'm gonna ask them for a spirit guide that's a business coach (laughs) and I just asked and then I got this business coach new guide who is amazing and I realized god all I had to do is ask (laughs) sometimes we forget that they're there and they're waiting and we're bloody powerful that we by by actually our intention alone can say you know what I need a spirit guide specifically for my IVF journey or specifically for my conception you know so we can just ask these wise teachers amazing okay note self straight away I'm gonna go ask for a business coach as well No, I remember thinking, why the hell didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> yeah, amazing. I love that. Um, what do you know about soul's existence prior to Earth? So kind of in this in-between world state or in-between life state and, and after then, like what happens when we pass on? What do you know about that? Oh, God, amazing question. I have actually experienced this a few times. Um, so I was doing a plant medicine ceremony so I have two kind of stories um on this and actually it covers both you know before and after we pass on amazing so first of all beforehand um I had an experience of a plant medicine um psilocybin um and it brought me through a kind of a death experience um which has showed up a few times for me before and I think it's you know in relation to surrendering because you know death is one great big huge surrender um, <laughs> yep. and we really need to trust where we're going to, in order to let go to pass. Yeah. so a few times with, with medicine I've actually had to do this whole surrendering and dying process and every time I seem to forget you know <laughs> I have to surrender but anyway Eventually, when I do surrender and let go, I am brought to this beautiful place. And it is, it's hard to explain when I say it, but it's, it's source. It really is this, um, like, unlimited place of, um, it's, it's expansive. Like, I, I find that there's more, and more places to see the more and more times that I go. And, and I believe it's different for everybody because I think spirit kind of have to show it to us in a way that we can understand, you know, mm-hmm. or that we can relate to. So I do, I do believe that it's shown to us in different ways for different people. But for me, it's like, 
have you watched the movie Soul? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Soul actually came out after I experienced all this. So whoever wrote Soul is pretty tapped in because maybe they've had a, a similar like experience. A hundred percent because the way like even the way the soul chooses the family and like it's just all so bang on but um yeah so my experience of death is that I was brought back to this place that is complete oneness that's the word that I I kept feeling oneness that um in the moment when I was dying so when I was passing away I was holding on so tightly that there was all this resistance and and fear and grief because of everything I was leaving behind and the minute I stopped that, the minute I surrendered, I had an amazing shaman with me that just was like, die. <laughs> let go, yeah. I let go. I was kind of, I was one with everything. So I, there was no such thing as grief because I was my son. I was my family. I was earth. I was the trees. I was this everything. So it was, it's hard to explain when you have an experience of what it was oneness and connection and love to all things so that was one experience of like of a death experience um and it was just unconditional love and and intelligence you know unconditional intelligence um and, and then did that did that give you a kind of an understanding of what we can't see right now like what we can't know did it give you that sense that when we move on, we will get the answers to the universe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Good. I'm pleased. And it actually gave me a whole new perspective on life, you know, because what I was shown was, and this will go for a lot of people listening as well, about control, that, you know, when I was holding on, um, I experienced discomfort you know extreme discomfort stress fear pain you know and when I let go I experienced the bliss wow. and it, it's a really good kind of metaphor for living life you know when we're holding on mm. you know, we're not living we're actually not alive you know so that was one experience but my other experience which will be really interesting for people listening because this was like a seven hour experience and this was wow. hypnosis um my amazing friend trina uh sheeran who is actually um one of my guest speakers in the membership she brought us through a past life regression but she brought me through a technique called light between lives where you're brought to a past life and the past life you don't really stay in you just you're brought to the point where you pass away in your mm -hmm. life, just gone before this life and you basically hang out in the in-between world between last life and this life so what I was shown where I was brought to because again it was seven hours long I had an amazing experience but the first place that I went to was what I can describe as like a resting place that um in my world it was like a watery place where I just kind of hung out in the water and like it was really deeply replenishing and nourishing and soothing and comforting and it was like a deep soul replenishment nice so that was the immediate place I went but I could have been there two hours maybe and then it I was brought to this place um 
where I met a lot of my guides and teachers and they explained to me do you under they kind of showed me my whole lifetime and they said do you understand this why that had to happen do you understand where what you did wrong here or not wrong it was non-judgmental but do you understand everything do you have any questions and again that could have gone on for another hour but that was more of like a teaching uh, scenario. Um, I've, I've read about this before from kind of near the death experience books. Wow. And I yeah. call it like, they call it like the life review. So you kind of look at the yeah. life that you've had and you feel, so apparently you can feel what has gone on in situations from all angles. So you'll you'll yeah. feel like how you experienced a certain um experience, but also then maybe how other people also experienced yeah. that same one. That's and it's funny because when when my session finished, Trina said to me, "It's so interesting that every single um session people go to the same stop point, so they go to the resting place." Although oh, for wow. it was like a watery world. For other people, it might be like a temple that they lie down in a lovely bed or something. Mm. But there's always these jump points that they go to. So I went from from that resting place to this council. That's what I called them council because it was like, they were like, you know, t- just t- teachers kind of. Yeah. And then I went to this really cool place and this is where the, the movie Soul comes in. And it was a place where I got to choose what I did next. So wow. what, what, what body I would choose, what sex I would choose, what family I would choose what life experiences I would choose, what trauma I would choose. And I chose it all and I could see myself choosing it all. I could see myself receiving the body um, and then coming down as a soul to be conceived. It was um, was so powerful. Um, And Trina would say like from all her experience, everybody has the same points that they go to. So it's kind of hard to argue you know yeah. yeah and I've I've actually read about it in multiple different books of people having actual real life near-death experiences and stuff yeah mm-hmm. so that that resonates with me a lot and yeah. on Alice's fifth birthday so a year ago a year and a bit ago um I was in a, an amazing um yoga class with my now friend Eddie and he did the meditation at the end and my gosh Alice came through with this message that she was not she is not separate from me therefore she does not grieve she does not feel any pain from not being in life with me right now you know so wow like from her perspective which i'd never thought of before she doesn't see us as separate she sees us as you know together she sees us as family and that love and that connection that bond is there it's only me and my grief in my world in this physical realm in our dimension that I can see that that we are supposed trained to believe that they don't exist or that we're conditioned and programmed to to not really feel or or even reach out with that connection to to trust that it might be there or and and we we spend more time in that grief than maybe necessarily we need to wow that's exactly what i felt with that oneness you know amazing exactly that is so powerful that you got that message Mm because totally i know what that feels like and i know what it feels like because it happened within a split second so i could feel the difference between 
because I was grieving in one second. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. Let go. Oh, wait, there's nothing to grieve. There, yeah. There is no grief because grief yeah. is kind of the absence of, of love, love, you know? And and it's almost like it's a human construct, isn't it? Fear and grief and anxiety and stuff like, you know, that doesn't necessarily have to exist because we are not meant to suffer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Mm. Gosh, we have covered so <laughs> many things now and I don't know. That's why I'm Whoa. so excited at the start. If anything feels like, you know, woo woo, <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what like years ago for me this would have probably felt quite woo woo and and off the wall but understanding this information feeling this in my soul and in my heart has brought me so much comfort and healing that that's why I wanted to talk to you about this I wanted to share that this is possible like it's possible to heal your heart and in fact like you say the breaking and the rehealing of your heart brings so much additional potential joy to your life addition, additional experience additional paths like I would not be where I am right now talking to you if if, if Alice had survived you know yeah. yeah it just wouldn't have happened um so in a way like everything is meant to be even all the pain and the trauma and the joy the highs and lows everything is just part of life ex experiences right yeah exactly because we can't i mean you know we can't experience deep love if we've never experienced the opposite because we'd have nothing to go by you know mm. the both uh, polarities yes and i remember years ago i kind of dabbled with um kabbalah and um one of the things that they were saying is like if you are, you know, a rich person and you just get handed like, you know, the dukes and lords and princesses and princes of the past and things just get handed all the money and all the riches and everything. There's no sense of fulfillment. There's no gratification. There's no having to overcome anything. There's no there's no learning. You just have all this stuff. But, you know, there's nothing you, you're 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 missing out on an opportunity for I suppose that's the evolution, isn't it? That that soul's yeah. evolution. That's actually um the story of Buddha. That's originally what what his story is meant to be. That oh. he he was like a rich, rich, rich king or prince or something, and he actually like left in the middle of like now. I could be getting this you know totally uh, wrong, but I know it definitely is that he left and he decided to live on the streets because he had no sense of fulfillment, and then found peace like in poverty. Um, so there'll be a few yogis that'll be like, that's not exactly what happened. <laughs> that's my Close memory. enough. That's my memory of the story. <laughs> Amazing. Well, uh, before we go, obviously, thank you so much for that conversation. I just love going deep, deep, deep like that. It's, it's a yeah. privilege. Um, but how can people find you and what can you help people with and what do you offer? Yes. Um, well, thank you. What a pleasure. Oh, my God. If I could do this all day, it would be. <laughs> I know imagine we got together in real life we, um, will. we will definitely um so yeah you can find me on www.sarahrichardson.ie um or instagram sarahrichardson.ie as well and 
what I have to offer at the moment is I'm putting a lot of my love and energy into my membership, which is called Sisterhood of the Rose. Um, the rose is kind of the symbol of the divine feminine um, and the womb space. So a lot of my healing, a lot of my um, yeah love is going into that. Um, so that's if you wanted to kind of be involved in a membership and and all this kind of teachings and stuff. I get guest speakers on and we have a lot of fun and cacao ceremonies. Um, and then, yeah, my cacao ceremonies are once a month. Uh, the first of every month we kind of meet and sit with cacao, cacao being a heart um, medicine from Guatemala. Um, and we just go on a, a really deep journey of healing our hearts. Yeah, so the other thing, if you're on um, your journey towards conceiving your baby, I have an amazing program called Sacred Conception. And it is basically all channeled um, healings. It is a four-week journey. So I basically have synced it up to your specific menstrual cycle um, and also the lunar cycle, so the, the moon. And we would go through four weeks, so physical, mental, emotional, spiritual healing. Um, as well as meeting for a cacao ceremony each week. And it's just really deep, profound womb healings and um, really working at a deep soul level to call in your baby. So that's all on my website. That sounds amazing, actually. And I'd love to do it, even though I'm not trying, definitely not trying to conceive. <laughs> but I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave the space for women who are trying to conceive. But yeah, it sounds, sounds beautiful. And I will definitely see your next cacao ceremony. Thank you um and again yeah thank you just so much for your wisdom and everything that you've learned and all the journeys that you've been on because all those experiences are now helping so many people so thank you oh thank you sarah and as well i could say the same for you so just thank you <laughs> um and your power and just thank you for everything thanks for having me oh you're welcome thanks so much for listening i hope you enjoyed that episode if you did, please follow and share this podcast. And before I go, I wanted to tell you about my new Tapping Into Motherhood membership and community. I've created a beautiful space that gives you access to a library of tools that will help you release, heal, ground, love and connect with yourself in your own time and at your own pace. From pre-recorded tapping videos to healing audio meditations, ancestral trauma workshops and downloadable resources covering pre and postnatal topics your mind body and soul are totally covered and you will find the right tools to support you on your motherhood journey plus you can access a community area where you can share your journey ask questions and get support and i'll be offering support too with live tapping circles q a sessions and more this is to help you let go of the past, heal your physical and emotional wounds, love yourself more, feel so worthy, and to live a more joyful life. To find out more, visit tappingformums.com forward slash membership. I really hope to see some of you there.